Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Man, shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode with that boy Smoke Dizza. Or how about the week before with Vincent Curatola, a.k.a. Johnny Sack of the Sopranos. Or if we even keep on going back, Brian Michael Cox, Alexia Wright, Airbnb queen, okay? The return of Killer Mike, the return of Ed Lover. You never know who's going to be on the Premium Pete Show. Listen, if you're just listening to the Premium Pete Show today... Welcome. If you've been rocking with me since day one, I appreciate you. Okay? You just never know who's going to be on the show. It could be an athlete, an artist, an entrepreneur, or just somebody with a good story. I know I say this all the time, but it it is what it is. You just never know. Like, I love being random like that. You know, I'm the self-proclaimed uh, renaissance man. I say it all the time. Speaking of that, I have an update. If you follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, you'll see I announced. I have a new partnership I'm involved in. It's a hot sauce. It's called Grandiza, okay? Grandeza, Grandiza, however you want to say it. It tastes excellence. It means it's the highest of the quality. And I'm so proud to be involved. Shouts to my partners, uh, Nikki Diamonds, Chum Lee, Rob Kardashian, Chris Jenner, uh, Chance. Shouts to my boy Andy. Listen. Go to GrandizaHotSauce.com. It's a two-pack. I think it's like $11.99. I promise you. It's not the hottest sauce. It's not It's not hot, hot. But it's the most flavorful, tastiest hot sauce you'll ever have. I promise you that. So if you do go there, make sure you tell them Premium Pete sent you. This ain't an ad. This is, my, this is something I'm involved in, okay? So I want you to support it. And just to let you all know, I got another little announcement coming probably in a couple of weeks. Anyway, internets, okay? We're still dealing with COVID. We're still dealing with pandemic. We're still dealing with restaurants that aren't fully open. I pray for restaurants. I know how the hospitality, I have so many friends and family in the hospitality world, and I say a prayer for them all the time because it's crazy, and I hope that, you know, a lot has gone under, and I just pray that they can stay afloat. Internets, you know what time it is when I tell you to open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, and at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, and check the fuck in. If you're from in the States, outside the States, listen, okay? We always have people from all around the world check in from where they're from. So, so at me on Twitter, at me on Instagram, whatever it is, and let me know where you're from, what you're listening to, what you're up to. And if you're going through something, okay? Or if you have some questions, or you want to work with me, or you wh- whatever it is, reach out to me. Email me, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, that's thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Now, I want you to dig in the catalog. I want you to go on YouTube and, and search for Premium Pete Show and subscribe. If you're already subscribed, shouts to you. This week, we have a young, up-and-coming, and rising star who's nasty with the bars, okay? That boy, Millie's. He's Cambridge's own, Massachusetts, okay? He sat down with me, and we went over everything about being discovered by Set Free. Shouts to Set Free. Coming to New York, how Eminem influenced him. He's been grinding for years, like multiple years to get on that BET cipher a couple years ago. Building connections, you know, like, listen, Jadakiss is executive producing his album, Always work with Static Selector, touring with hip-hop legends, and so much more. I find them very interesting. I find them very talented. Internets, okay? I don't want to say no more. I want to say peace and blessings to you and your families, but I also want to introduce you to this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show with that young boy, 
that rising star, that boy who's nasty, okay, with the lyrics. Cambridge's own from Massachusetts, that boy Millie's, okay? Let's get to this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show with Millie's. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show plus milk said so fuck what you heard better act like you know it's the premium pete show internet welcome back to another episode of the premium pete show sitting down here with the one and only we got to find out yo there's a lot i don't know about you that i want also the the internets and and the world to know about you um but right off the bat millie's in the building yes sir where does first okay let's start here where does where is, where does Millie's come from? Like, where did, where did that come from? Like, how did you come up with that? And the next thing is, where the hell are you from? All right. Millie's comes from, it's, it's nothing special. There was a, um, I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts, right? Okay. Which is, you, are you a fan of the Knicks? Yeah, yeah. So like Patrick oh, Ewing, Patrick Ewing's from there. It's right. from my block. Yeah, yeah, okay, shit. okay. You know what I mean? So, um, Cambridge is is the basketball mecca of Massachusetts. Dudes would be mad because I said that, but it's factual. And um, you know, uh, the the star point guard at the time on Ringe and Latin, his name was Louis Ford. He went on to play D one for um Howard, I think. Um, he used to just see me in the neighborhood and call me Millie's Millie's. My name's Miles. You know what I mean? So. That's where did, I kind of took did, it from because he was super ever, lit. So did I you just ever ask him why uh, he said Millie's? Nah, nah, never, never to this day. I, I had a show in, in at the Howard Theater recently, and I saw him, but I don't know. I just gave him credit for saying my name. I never asked him why. That's crazy. So, so you grew up in Boston, right? Or you call it Massachusetts? Cambridge, yeah. Okay. It's what's the it's difference? right next. It's right next to um. It's right next to Boston. Like I'm born in Boston. I went to school in Charlestown. If you ever saw like the movie The Town and shit okay, like yeah, that, yeah. if we get shot, we go to Boston Medical because it's right there. It's close, close, close. But it's its own city. When you say if we get shot, what the hell's going on during the day? Over no, I'm just saying if you get shot, you got to okay, go to Boston that's where Medical. You go. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's how you know it's quicker to get there. Shit is getting real in this episode, right? We we just started. <laughs> He's giving us uh, uh, information. Uh, Internet. If you're from yeah, Cambridge, you know where to go, that's just in case you fact. get too uh, too in you. Um, <laughs> in case you get too in you. <laughs> so you know, over the years, I've seen you over the years. You know, we. Uh, you know, yeah, I, definitely. I, I, actually, I think it was maybe been at a lock show or something like that where I was telling you, I was like, we're gonna sit down. Yeah. Uh, one day, you know, obviously, you know, I want to I want to bring people back or let people get to know you who may not know you. Um, so you grew up in Cambridge. Millie's Cambridge. Okay, Cambridge. I'm gonna pronounce things that's wrong. How, that's how my Dominican shorty said. <laughs> right, Cambridge. Cambridge. You know, you, you, how old are you? Thirties. Okay. Early. If if you think back to a younger Miles before Millie's, <laughs> is that cool? Mm-hmm. Um, like, when, like, who was some of your inspirations? Like, did you like? Like, did you work a regular job? Did you want to be an artist all your life? You know, sometimes some people had different paths that they were, you know, looking to go and then they, you know, detoured. So what happened, I wanted to be an artist all my life. Mm. All my life, I wanted what to be What influenced a, you? Especially just, being in 
<clears throat> Cambridge. Yeah, it was just a lot of hip hop, like where I'm from. You know what I mean? That was the only music that that we were that we were on, and um, I would like cipher with my friends and stuff like that. But then what happened? I was in. I always used to get in trouble in school, and I ended up getting kicked out of school at 14. Well, first I didn't make the basketball team, so that crushed my hoop dreams. Tyler Hero. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't make the basketball team. <laughs> And that crushed my hoop dreams. And then I got kicked out of school. And then I just, I was already selling weed when I was like 12, like heavy. I came into Ringe and Latin selling weed. Was it regular so I, weed? Yeah, or? super reg. Okay. But I like, like, it was like dime bags with like three blunts and a dime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pillows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, had, we I, used to do that in Brooklyn, but it was nickels. We yeah. used to do nickels like that. So right? I would take the short. I knew that I had a business actually, line early. Actually, let me break uh, break it down for you. Right. Uh, this has turned into a criminal episode. Um, but um, Well, it's legal now. Uh, yeah, of course. But I want to, where I grew up, um, the reason why we sold fat nick bags was because we were selling crack. And for people, I was to, selling crack too. For people, for people that uh, were, were coming down, they would smoke weed sometimes. So you would give them, you know, the regulars would be you, you would get a, a bag of that to come down. A lot of these dudes used to smoke crack. Some of them actually oh, would smoke so they weed. Wanted the weed with, they wanted the weed with well, the crack. Well, it would be with oolas, like woolas, woolas were big at that time. Yeah. It actually, it's, 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 let me use these words. It's fucking incredible how crazy woolers were back in the day because regular dudes like myself were smoking that shit. Like meaning like, like, like but, and thought you were better than the crackhead. And I'm explaining yeah, to you why, because the way you were living, you know, what we is had, that, we, the 80s? Right? I mean, wait, early, like tip of the nineties, but eighties, eighties for sure. Yeah. 88, 87, 88, 89. Like I'm talking about like had a Maxima, Feli, Nike, Jordans, Rolex or Tag or Movado, um, um, and was sprinkling had crack in the blunt. So you smelled good. So you and 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 that's how big, you know. I mean, look at Ray. Like you know the com, you know the combination of the cracks and weed. You know, it made, yeah, my, yeah, eyes it made bleed, my eyes you bleed. You know, um, and it it dawned on me that a crackhead was actually almost as similar as being a rat. Like if you were a crackhead, that was bad. Like it's low, you know, it's very low form. But meanwhile, these dudes are smoking crack and weed. Some of the biggest dudes in my neighborhood were smoking crack and weed. But anyway, I don't want to turn this into a crack and weed uh, episode, but <laughs> especially with the dudes when they couldn't find weed, they were putting tobacco nah, in it. interested though. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, I don't know where we went. Uh, now, nah, so I was saying like I got kicked out of school um, and I had been always selling weed, but then like the only like, what, what would you call it? Like a subculture. Like, so there's like school culture where it's like play basketball and go to school with the regular kids. But then there's the kids who don't go to school and they're selling crack. True. Because my neighborhood, like the crack capital growing so, up, so like zombies all, everywhere. It was the easiest, most accessible thing to do. You know what I mean? So basically, um. I started doing that real early and really getting deeper into um into you know selling drugs and shit like that, which derailed me from thinking about music. So I was like rapping, but I wasn't like rapping, rapping. I was honing my skills, but I wasn't um I wasn't dedicated to being an artist. I was dedicated to being a drug dealer. So which is which is crazy, and I get it. Um and 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 I was like I was telling Dizza, uh, and shouts to Dizza, but like I was telling him, it's 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 Rap music for a lot of people were exit out of the out of the hustle game. Like I remember dudes being like, "Yo, if this rap shit kicks off, you know, um, you know, I can stop hustling." Yeah, you can watch them, uh, you know, and, yeah. and 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 yeah, you know, and um, I mean, some dudes still stay doing it, and uh, even when they got bigger. But 
it was also almost like a a chance to get out of the hood, um, a chance to change your life around, and a chance really to change around people you hung around with. You know, um, I've seen a lot of dudes that come up in the neighborhood, their friend become their manager, or their friend become this, or this become that. And you know, that's, like, able- that's like my day-to-day manager. Yeah. He did five years. He came out. I'm telling him on the phone. I'm like, nah, the rap shit is picking up. He came out. Now we don't went around the world. You yeah. know what I mean? We've been on multiple tours since he came out. And this is in the last two years, three yeah. years type shit. So it's yeah, like it's po- rap, it's, rap could yeah. change your life. It, it, it's possible. And, and, and it's also then what you springboard off of that. I always tell people, it's not like an artist could do a lot of things. Artists could open up a restaurant. Artists could, you know, have a product or artists could, you know, have their own, uh, you know, barbecue sauce. I'm just giving examples. Yeah. Like, um, it's bigger than rap. You know, and and, and I love that a lot of people, like, you think, like, again, I'm just talking about- even bringing it full circle, I got my own weed strain. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? Millie's Mimosa. Okay. Okay. And that's in dispensaries legally, like a legal check. See, you know? see, that's a beautiful thing. So I started selling weed when I was 12, but now I'm growing and it's legal and I'm still profiting off it. It's a beautiful thing. Let's t- so let's take people for that know Millie's. You know, let's, let's let them learn a little bit more. And people who don't know, I want them to learn about you. So I want to make sure I keep on saying this right. Cambridge, right? Or Cambridge? <laughs> yeah, Cambridge. Yeah. Cam- Cambridge, okay. Like I came to like the you bridge. came. Okay, okay. Pause, pause to Cayman, but... Uh, um, <laughs> so you grew up in Cambridge and obviously this is the first time I'm learning that Cambridge was, is, is actually uh, a thorough, you know, right, right, right. Cause there's no, no disrespect. Harvard. I just, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. You know? It's, it's kind of like, um, people clowned, um, like, uh, uh, 21 Savage when they found out he was from London. Mm. But if you really know London, it, you know, sure, it, uh, yeah. it goes or like, uh, I remember going to Orlando and thinking I was going to Disney world and I took a wrong left and a wrong right and I was you know in the trenches sure, sure, so it's sure. like you know Cambridge is it's it's not the worst but it just has poverty it got probably like 11 housing projects um people living below the poverty line shot spotters too you know so so since a young kid you're saying that the influence of being an artist was there Hell but, who, yeah. but who 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 was it like who Eminem okay but like Tupac Biggie like all the shit that would sound cliche that's all my favorite rappers. Now, when you say Eminem, um, like what what influenced you? He was like my savior because I was like the only white boy, and he was just so fucking lit. So he was the, he looked like me, and people were starting to give me more respect, even girls, everything. Like just because now there was some somebody to there was an example, there was like a prototype or whatever you would call it. There's some something to look to and be like. Um, oh, you remind me of this guy. Before there was none of that. You couldn't compare me to anything. You know, that's important. You say that, especially for me. And, uh, you know, like people like, I'm a little older, so KRS and, and, and you know, just different people were people that would influence me. But I remember when um, um, Eminem came onto the scene. And actually, it was important for me, you know, especially as somebody who was so embedded into hip hop because... For a while, and I don't know if you got this, but, you know, I grew up in Coney Island and then I moved to Bensonhurst. So I had a mixture of friends growing up. Um, so I don't really, you know, I, I, I was around the melting pot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when when somebody like Eminem, like I used to be called a wigger all the time. Yeah, me too. And they would say, you're trying to be black. You're trying to, like, I used to tell the story all the time. Uh, Kane, Big Daddy Kane was a big influence to me. Um, and I remember I went to my barber and I was like, yo, put three cuts in my eyebrow. And the exact words were, this is like 1990, you know, 91 maybe. Um, 
his exact words were like, what are you trying to be black? And I was like, no, I'm trying to be like Kane. So, you know, I feel it like- It was a black barber or a white barber that said it? It was a white barber. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, you, you know, and and for me, it was like I was like, "Go, dudes, don't get the the influence." And I think that for white people, uh, and this is just my opinion, when Eminem came, it kind of gave you know, oh, oh, this kid's nice and he's white. Yeah. You know, it, came, it 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 gave me a, a little bit of like, yo, self confidence. Yeah, like like not that Within for me, I never try to be shit. an artist. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. kind of like. Uh, for uh, it gave me confidence for other white dudes, like to be like, "Yo, this dude is nice." Yeah. You know, um, yeah, he laid the ground. Stop trying to make it like you know, because because I, I felt like at that time it was a divided separation, you know, where people try to uh, think hip hop was a fad at that time. It's crazy, actually. I sat with uh, Ralph McDaniel's video music, but I remember he, there was dudes on the on, on radio now, like legends that were were almost, you know, thought of like where it was like, this shit is a fad. Right, right, Like right. they thought it wasn't going to last a long time. Um, You know, keep in mind, a lot of people too used to call like corporate people, call like rap mm. crap or rap shit or too loud or- It's not or, music. It's, like exactly. Um, so I do, uh, I do agree with you that like, you know, Eminem did uh, give me like, oh, okay, this dude nice. Yeah, hell yeah. Um. And then, but you got, you were saying Pac, you were saying uh, uh, Biggie and, 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 but what did you, what, what, what were you but talking honest, about that was different from like, like me rapping? Yeah. Oh, I was just like, you ever heard me rap? Yeah. But yeah, I'm saying, so what it's were like, you, what, I was just but nice. At that like, time, meaning like, what, at that time I was still rapping about like, like, I st it's crazy because I've just been rapping about selling drugs for a long time. You know what I mean? Like I jumped in, but I always rap about pain too. So whatever, whatever my hardships were, that's what I would like. That's that. I mean, that's what um, that's what I like to make my music about because that's what hit me. You know, and then I'll switch it with some metaphors and punchlines and similes and all of these things. So I will mix that through. But it's always been like a consistent theme of pain within my music, whatever I was going through. So by the time I'm really rapping, like I lost my best friend when I was like 14. He just died in his sleep. I was with him at the basketball court. And then the next morning, he never woke up. He had a seizure. He bit down on his tongue in his sleep. So, like, I saw that, like, at an early age. And, you know, just a lot of different things I was going through. Um, things with... with um, with my father at the time, things, did just, you grow, did things you, just in the neighborhood because I'm really like the only white boy from my neighborhood. Did you, so I really had to fight. I really, really had to go through it because, so I, I'm rapping about adversity when I'm young and then mixing it in with punchlines and metaphors and rapping about hustling my my weed or my little cracks or whatever. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Did, did you grow up with mom and dad? I grew up with my mother and my father. They split when I was probably... um like four or something. So they had two different houses. So my mother had like a like a um a one bedroom apartment. I used to stay where her at like 80% of the time. And then I would go to my pops' house on like Thursday and Friday. And um no, excuse me, like Friday and Saturday on the weekends. And my pops' house was like a real artistic gathering. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of like a hippie, so he get high, smoke his weed, play the guitar, have his artist friends come over. If you ever heard of like Wapale from Closer mm -hmm. to My Dreams, Closer mm -hmm. to My Dreams. When she was going to Berkeley, she stayed there. So she was living at my pop's crib. So I used to like Wapale used to make me breakfast in the morning and shit. It was a real artistic household. But um What what do moms do? My mother's an art teacher. Okay. Yeah. So she's like an art teacher and um 
Boston and shit, different schools. And um, at a certain point, though, I just stopped seeing my pops kind of he he moved to um he moved to New Hampshire so it's still like my guy but I'm I'm in the neighborhood now and that's actually where I wanted to be like I loved my mother's neighborhood now now for better or for worse do you still see pops or yeah 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 um I haven't seen him in like a long time but I talk to him all the time mm. is there a reason uh, behind that that I haven't seen. Well, yeah. he live in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. okay. So it's just tough for me to get there sometimes, but I'm going to pull up. But you got a good relationship That's my with him? guy, yeah. yeah. I make sure I like. I make sure he's taken care of with his bud situation, too, that he always got the proper amount of weed. and He got the Millie uh, Mimosa yeah, 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 strain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually doesn't have that one, but I be having my, like, him link the homies and get the gas. One time I gave him all the new, the high-level gas, all the rents-level gas, and he couldn't believe it. He was like, yo, this shit should have put you on since the 70s. Yeah. You know, so so how many years would you say that you've been perfecting your craft? Like how many years you've been rapping and and you know out there, right? You know, trying to like out build there. your brand. Yeah, like I was rapping before I moved to New York in 2013. Um, I don't know if you know Set Free. Yeah, Set Free. Yeah, yeah. The, so uh, he artist, uh, he does a lot of art and shows. One, yeah, 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 yeah. Compound and all yeah. of that. He brought me out there. He kind of like discovered me in Boston and brought me out to New York and hooked me up with like his own network and shit. And from that moment, I started like chasing rap seriously before I, I still was, but it was really tricky in Massachusetts because I had like a lot of baggage. You know what I mean? Now, but when did you think or believe that you were good? No, I believe from day one. But, but, but you could believe. No, that. I believe because I'm in ciphers in the neighborhood, like real young, as soon as I'm rapping. If six guys is rapping, when I'm rapping, I get a way different reaction than everybody. And then we go to a whole group of strangers in another city or like, um, you know, a, a air, like a youth center party. And I grabbed a mic and I, the whole party goes crazy. So I believed young. I knew I was nice. I always knew I was nice. I've never really been debated for being nice True. in my whole life. Like I've never had someone like he's garbage. Mm. It's always been something else. It might be like, oh, maybe I don't believe him, which is it, they got misconceptions about me, which I understand because I'm a white guy with street content and his music. But I never had a problem with like thinking I was nice and musically. Well, and when would you say the first uh, outlet or somebody that you know you that gave you a shot or put you on or played something of yours? You remember that moment? Yeah, like, but there's there's like a lot of them, you know what I mean? Well, but what, like, what was some early like one? Like DJ Chubby Chubb, I made an okay. intro for him over the, the, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I made an intro for him over the Bone Crusher um shit, and he put it as his intro. Um, He put it as his intro, and it played for like, you know, 60 weeks or something. So it was always rocking on his radio station. And um, that was a moment. I did Summer Jam in Boston, opening up for like Nicki Minaj and... Wild people. You know, it, when you say you want to be an artist, right, and you study the craft and you're battling right. and, and, and you're getting better and better, yeah. some of these things you do, you never done before. Yeah. So what I mean by that is you get on stage, you you, you got to work your stage presence. Yeah, yeah, like, hell yeah. Like, hell what yeah. is your stage presence if you never did it before? Straight right, up, right, like, right. you know, like, so a lot of those, how, how did you, how did you get into that pocket where, you know, as a young artist, you know what I'm saying? And somebody who's trying to up, not, I don't want to say you're trying to prove that you're nice, but but you're letting your you know work speak for itself, your talent speak for itself. Like some of these things that came that what you just went with the flow, um, 
Like, did you did you say, yo, I got to get better? Because remember, like, even like with Drake, I don't yeah, know if yeah. you remember, but he had the crazy weird stage presence. Like, you know, he had this one hand he used to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, it takes and time. Then, you, I, yeah. I just threw myself into it, and yeah. you know? But it's like, even even this last tour, we just toured with um Dave East. And the first show in Atlanta, I didn't like it too much. I just, and then from there on, I was like, all right, I'm a, but I mean, this is after years of shows, but I had to say on this tour, I'm not focused on nothing except the shows from now on. Mm. Like, I'm a strictly lock into the shows, and I saw my stage presence get better and better and better to the point that we did New York PlayStation Theater, 2,000 people, and I made the whole crowd be quiet for three minutes. Not a peep, nobody, no side conversations, and I'm not the headliner. Mm. Just mm. acapella rap, New York, the Mecca. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Now, now, I still get people, like I was in Kith the other day, the dude came around from the register and said, yo, bro, I told myself when I see you, I was going to tell you that was one of the greatest hip hop performances I've ever seen. i never seen somebody who's not the headliner command a New York City crowd like that. Mm. So, that's powerful. But yeah, I've been booed off stage, you feel me? Now, Maybe, I don't know. Now, I've been booed, wait, 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 not wait. off stage. I stayed on stage. But, but, but wait, 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 wait. Explain, ah. explain that. Because this is, this is like, uh, you know, listen, how did that happen? What? You saying booed off stage? I wasn't really oh, booed why? off stage, but I, I definitely probably heard some booze before. You know, I've heard um I was on the Smokers Club tour in 2016 and I've heard people say Herbo, Herbo, Herbo and I'm rapping and they want G Herbo, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it happened. So they're like, like, all right, get this guy out of here. But yeah, listen Might it, get a one boo or two. Like but not recently and definitely not in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, you don't have the right to do that. I mean, because that's all. So we're jumping in the crowd. You got, you're going to get escorted out of there. I mean, if you can't. Even when we was younger, hey, even before I was known, if you, you can't, can't boo me. I mean, you popping in, in, in your own city, then, you know, it's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. We know? had that. I had that for a long time. Now, what do you consider verse. Now, battle rap, right? Or just freestyle rap, right? Right. Versus making a record. Right. Do you feel. There is a big difference for you in that. Has that been something? Because I feel like you could spit for 10 minutes. Yeah. But what about, and you have, but I'm saying, how has the transition been to making a record? Well, I come from records first. I only started doing the rapping for 10 minutes straight when I realized, oh, that's my that's my tool. That's what I'm going to utilize to get attention. That's how I got on the BET Cypher. Like, and once I realized, oh, this shit got me on national TV, I started off the BET Cypher. No label, no PR, no nothing. The only artist. I'm walking How'd up. How'd that happen, I'm, actually? Because um, I knew the cameraman. You know um, Chris Robinson? He shot everything. He shot... um. Uh, beautiful, I just watch it. He shot Falling for Alicia Keys. He shot anything that matters mm. in hip-hop besides mm. Hype Williams. It's like Chris Robinson. He's up there. Like, Chris Robinson, Lil X... Um, Hype Williams. But so his son gets busy too. He shot Action Bronson's biggest videos, all that. That's my man. He does camera work at the Cypher. So from like 2014, he's telling me, yo, pull up. Um, see if you could, I don't know, maybe somebody don't show up and you could get in. I showed up 2014. It was a dub. I sat there the whole day just trying to shoot my shot. That was around the time when Kendrick had said um, he was the king of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came and did the cypher. It was a little tense in it. And then the next year I came, that was 2015. Still nothing. 2016, I showed up. I'm in the building. Every time I'm like kind of sneaking in the building, but it's at like a discreet location in Brooklyn. So if you get there, you don't even really need to show you're on the list because if you know about it, you know about sure, it. You know sure. what I mean? So I'm in there and I see Jesse Collins and the big dogs. 
And um, I'm talking to everybody from BET, like all the, the people who bring the lunch out. I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying to get on right now. You know what I mean? And uh, finally, my man shows Jesse Collins and I'm like, my links or whatever. So I look and it's like three big dogs from BET and they're looking at my shit and they don't look impressed at all. And I'm like, damn, I tell somebody at the table because, you know, they bring out the little, the food or whatever. Yeah. I tell Craft somebody service. at the table, yeah. The prep service, I tell somebody at the table, I'm like, damn, they're looking at my shit right now. They don't look impressed. So like one of the girls was like, you should go over there and talk to him. <laughs> so I get up and I go over there and I'm like, excuse me, Mr. Uh, Jesse Collins. I really got some nice boy. I said some stupid shit. And I'm talking to him and he just like looked up real quick and he was like, rap. You know what I mean? And I started rapping and shit. I was like, you want me to rap right now? Like, right now. So it's mad so, people you, so around. you said something different than what you said uh, when they aired? Like you started spitting something different? Nah, right? I spit what I already had ready. Okay. You know what I mean? It was like one of the first like fuck Donald Trump type joints. But it was deep. I, I flamed it. Um, how long was that? Uh, that the, this is 2016. No, how long was uh, your, your cypher? Like how long was that? Like, like two my minutes? part, yeah, 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 like a minute thirty seconds or something like that. Do you remember exact uh, the bars? Yeah, I said, um, I'm I'm Slim Jesus. If he wasn't lying, Mac Miller with a load of Mac. All them Zanny pills got me flying. I need Iggy face in my lap. But that ain't what I came to cipher about. Looking at the news, what is life about? Why the boys in blue pulling rifles out, killing like it's legal, and then crying when the sniper's out? Something gotta change. Can't you understand? People's in a lot of pain. And every time you get to saying all lives matter, all it ever sounds like is all white crackers. The lack of compassion is just baffling. Videos of bullet holes and young men gasping. Showing you the footage, you still asking what happened because the victim had black skin. You side with the assassins. Supposed to be Christians condone lynchings. Fuck Donald Trump and every racist in my mentions. When judgment day comes and God judge you on intentions, Mike Brown will close the gates in your face out of vengeance. The world needs empathy. Like killer cops need penitentiaries. Shit been going on for centuries. Eventually you get your head bust and it was meant to be. That was my shit I had, but I was spitting it a little more passionately, you know what I mean? I mean, it sounded passionate right there. That was some beautiful, but you know what? Let's, uh... Let's take a quick break real quick, sitting here with the one and only Millie's from, from Cambridge. You got that right. Okay, Cambridge. Yeah, I got Italian. I mean, he, he, he's, he, he's been around for a minute, but, yeah. but he's, still, he's still on his grind. Yeah, and he, I, I and, mean, and, I'm just getting started. He, there we go. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Cheer. Internets, I told you before, and I'm going to tell you again. This election is the most important election of our lifetime. Okay, you do not have to wait until November 3rd to cast your ballot. I want you to be an October voter. In most states, you can vote early in October. Did y'all know that? Request your mail ballot, return your completed mail ballot in the mail or in person or vote early at an early voting location. There's no time to waste. Treat every day like election day to make sure all our voices are heard. Make a plan to vote, but I want you to be an October voter. So vote today. Now, I want you to listen. Visit andstillivote.org. Again, that's andstillivote.org to join the fight for voting rights today. Internets, get out and vote. Not tomorrow, but today. Now, I'm only playing. You want to go tomorrow? That's cool. But be an October voter. This election is one of the most critical times in history. 
to make our voices heard and accounted for. Decision makers nationwide are passing laws to make it harder to cast a ballot in person. Internets, listen up. Don't let this stop you from making a plan to vote in person and reporting problems at the polls, if there is any. They will not silence us. If you are not sure or registered to vote or experiencing problems getting to cast your vote in person, hear me now. Please call the Election Protection Hotline at 866-OUR-VOTE. Use your voice to reimagine public safety and encourage meaningful police accountability legislation Pledge to vote to hold decision makers accountable for passing these laws. Internets, I said it before and I'm going to continue to say it. This election is the most important election of our lifetime. Let's get out there and vote today like our life dependent on it. Okay? Now visit andstillivote.org forward slash pledge to vote. One more time. That's andstillivote.org dot org forward slash pledge to vote. I can't stress how important it is to get out and vote today. The world is depending on us. We need change. We need sympathy. We need real life. Okay? Let's get out today and vote. Now let's get back to the show. Cheer. Internet and we're back sitting here with the one and only Millie's Cambridge's own. Okay? Mm. See I got that right. Big CMB. It, it only took me uh you know a couple of uh, Good, pronunciations. Man. Oh shit! Well, first off, we're we're, we're live from Brooklyn. Yeah. It's loud as fuck. You could tell. Look at that. See, somebody's upset. Yeah. The light turned green. The beeping yeah. the horn. <laughs> no patience at all. Shouts to Sabino. Shouts to the Panini Shop in Williamsburg. Make sure you visit it. Anthony and Sons. Um, you know, when we were um off air, we we're talking about a lot of things you do for special ed kids. Yeah. That you were back in the day in school, you were in special ed. Yeah. And a lot of people who may not even understand try to like clown special ed kids because they may think like there's a learning behavior or, mis- right. or, 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 or a behavior problem. And there are kids that, like, you know, we grow up and we have some anger or, or, or issues. And, and you've been going back to these schools, talking to these kids well, and letting them know that they can make it out of there. It also affects your trajectory too. As soon as you get labeled that, your life trajectory is dramatically altered off mm. rip. Mm. The second you get an IEP, I got IEP tattooed on my hand. That's individual individual education plan. That's when they bring you out of the classroom. They sit you down in a small room. They give you some tests. And then they say, yeah, you coming with us and bring you into a small classroom for the duration of your school experience. You know Have what you I mean? ever been away? Nah. Okay. Because there's uh, sometimes, I don't remember exactly where, but they come out with a counselor. And the dude asks the craziest questions in the world. Like, I remember him saying, like, you ever thought about, like, you know, did you ever think about jumping off of a, a cliff? And I'm like, yeah, I ain't yeah, never yeah, been to yeah, a cliff, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, <laughs> like, you know, or they say, like, do you ever, like, get depressed? And, like, you know, they would ask a lot of questions. And I would, and I would, uh, even, that's the only thing, too. But if you're not honest, right. that's terrible, yeah. which I wasn't. Like, they ask you if you're depressed. I'm like, nah, because sometimes you get depressed, but I don't need to tell you that because right, right, I know right, where it's right, going. Right. You know, um Yeah, no, I had a I had a counselor my whole my whole um guidance or regular? 
No, like a lay therapist? A therapist that yeah, I had yeah. to. I was mandated to mandated therapy. I think they call it. Like I had to speak to this lady every time, and she would just ask me what's going on. Do you feel like therapy helped you? No, not in the school. Is it because I wasn't ready it, to talk it, to nobody? There, there you go. Yeah, at all. Yeah, when you are ready to talk. Yeah. Now, would you? Do you still go now, or would nah, you go? I don't know because I feel like I'm not gonna bump into somebody who understands the extremities of my life. Like, you how mean, you, can you, you mean, talk you gotta, to me? You, you mean, got no clue. Like, if I got to talk to someone like Denzel Washington or like motherfucking Al Pacino, you had to have a, your life had to be triple as extreme as mine for me to talk to you. And I don't just mean extreme, like on like what you did in the street, but you also had to have lit moments. Do you, do, do you feel like that you get a lot of the shit you got bottled up inside you out by writing your Hell yeah. raps and, Hell yeah. and, 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 and getting Hell that yeah. across. And that sounds like corny or cliche nah, to say, it, but it, that's really like my therapy, like when I rap, like, or I would, I, I don't know, type shit. Yeah. You know, um, when you think about being an artist in 2020, and you've been at this for a while, you know, how many times would you say you got discouraging, meaning... Some people that didn't fuck with you that you didn't understand why or, right. you know, it takes time. Like this dude, you know, it's a process and I'm sure no, sometimes a lot of, it gets yeah. frustrating. It's rejection is like, I feel like I probably dealt with, I mean, you're, you're in the game too, you know what I mean? It's not the music game, but it's very similar. But I feel like I've dealt with probably at least 20 to, to 30 times the amount of rejection that that normal human has dealt with. You know what I mean? What about um, a like a major label? What, what about like talks yeah, like you that? You just over get rejected. Like you just get rejected all the time. Like yeah. because if people aren't hollering at you, that's like rejection in a, in a certain way. So what did you do to keep uh, you know your? But your, then your I always sanity. had I, I had the rejection mixed with the um, validation mm. too. So at the same time as like like for instance like G Herbo just threw my shit up on his gram the other day. Just found me out of nowhere. Oh my god, yo! Told me I motivated him. And I had moments like that my whole career from like different artists. A lot of rappers like really kept me going because a lot of rappers or just, you know, I'd bump into fans sometimes who would say, yo, I was suicidal. This song you made made me not do that in that period of my life. I would play it over and over and over. And I decided not to go that route. And now I'm doing good. I got a family. So it's like I, whenever I was super discouraged, I always bumped into one of those moments that I was like, damn, I'm really put on this earth to be a, a rap artist. Sure, to be an artist. Now, what about somebody like Static Selecta? I know he's shown a lot of support yeah. uh, for you over the years. I mean, he's from Boston. Um, Static's funny, man. Static is a goat. Static is a legend. He's hilarious. Um, he would, not to say like, like when I first started coming to New York, I really had to harass him and just pop up where he was at because he was not fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> really? I feel like Static supports, I mean, overall, no. I feel like he supports- like, You got to earn it. Like, Static is hip-hop. That Boston circle terminology. You got to earn it, though, and, yeah. And I just feel like- He's not just going to- He'll let you come around him because of that. Feel me? So like, it's like, 
You might not support everybody from your neighborhood in Brooklyn, but you'll let them come around sure, you sure, to I get certain it. shit. I get it. But you might be skeptical, like, oh, no, nah, he's garbage, but I'll let him come around. Static will let people come around because, oh, yeah, you're from Massachusetts. Cool. Come to this party. He might not even talk to you in the party, but he invited you there. You know what I mean? So that's how it was when I first came to New York. But then we just started rocking more and more and more. And I started doing his show. His shows is really why the world knows I can like freestyle like that. Oh, show off radio? Yeah, hell yeah. So- he really supported me though. Like you said, like you said, you saw me on the um on the Griselda and the Locks tour, yeah, the yeah, Locks yeah, and Griselda yeah, yeah. tour. Um, that yeah. was just static bringing me on stage every night, you know. So, I mean, and you, we got an album together. We got another album coming out. That's my guy. You know, now you also have something coming out. Um, this will probably drop around the same time. Uh, let the internet know the name of this project. Yeah, yeah, Blanco Tres. It's, yeah. it's Blanco Three on the DSPs, but I call it Blanco Tres. You know, mm. and uh, I just got back from DR. My Spanish is getting up okay, there. Okay, here we go. What, what is it looking like? What, you know, who's on it? You know, uh, you got any features that uh, we should know of? Yeah, yeah. I got my man Sosa Geek. So okay. he, he he's booming off that off that Drake project right now. Um, he's from Brooklyn. He's a big big drill rapper, up and coming. I got him on there a couple times. Um, I got D the Flyers who's booming out of uh, Massachusetts. Um, I got Jim Jones on there, executive produced by Jada Kiss. Really? Yeah. And what about who are some of the uh, producers on there? Any uh, is Static gonna join man, on there? Nah, Static's not on this one, but my man, um, Ray Beats, okay. little sixteen-year-old kid from Albania. Damn. He lives in Albania. And he's incredible. How, how did this happen? And he got half of my album. He just sent me a beat one time, I think, or like I seen him on it. Yeah, I found one of his shits online. He barely had any views. And I just been rocking with him ever since. And you could tell him anything. I could be like, yo, I need a beat for Flex. Um, no samples. Um, some boom bap, but, you know, make it fire. In, in 13 minutes, I got a beat in my email. Like, mm -hmm. he's incredible. He's out there in Albania. I be trying to get him out here, but he's like, he got school and all that. Now you say executive producer by Jada, because how did that happen? Just that's just the big homie. So like, um, you know, he he always basically goes over my music before before I drop it. Mm. But this one, he's just a little. No, more. I'm saying how did, how did that even get? Oh, that relationship. How, yeah, how that happened? That was just um, that happened through Set Free. Okay. Yeah. So I did a song with Kiss in 2013, and then I just started following up with him, like, like. Pretty much showing up at all of his like strip club like walkthroughs and shit like that. Like if he's going to Starlets, I'd be in Starlets. I, I knew all because when I moved to New York, initially I moved near Sin City. So I was in Sin City like every night. And that was my New York network. I met every bottle girl. I met every stripper. You know, it's about 60 in there. And then they would all go and work at Starlets, Privilege, wherever. Um, and so I Whenever Kiss would go out or certain rappers I wanted to plug in with, I would go to these clubs. I would plug in with the shorties that I already knew. And um, I, I would play the club until the artists got there. And they would get me into the VIP. They would get me cool with the security and all that. And then I would chop it up with the artists. So that's what I did in the um, Jada situation. You know, when you come from a place like, you know, Cambridge. Yeah. And it's not like New York, right? Yeah. And it's not like LA. Yeah. Do you feel like... And and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you feel like you have something to prove because yeah. it's like you're from a smaller place that maybe most like doesn't have say yeah, tremendous yeah. amount of Yeah, it's hard. It's like it's like it's it's definitely hard. It's like an uphill battle. Sometimes it feels like an uphill battle with roller skates on, you know what I mean? It's like 
Some people get an advantage. Like if I was a Philly rapper, if I just like was from Philly, I'd be on. Sure. If I was from Brooklyn, I'd be on. Yeah. Um, if I was from Chicago, I'd be on. But the crazy thing is like these places aren't like, yo, there's Brooklyn, but then there's super rich parts of Brooklyn. And I could be from there and people would still say, oh, Brooklyn. They don't care. Like to the net. Once you're once a place is branded as hip hop, you have a way easier chance of getting on. I mean, also travels wherever you go. I mean, yeah. I hate to make this anything like a prison or a drug talk episode, but if you go away yeah, like and you're from a certain and you place, go to a car and trust car me. I mean, like I've that, seen yeah. it. You know, as long as you uh, you know, Ain't uh, ain't doing drugs or uh, you know doing any type of uh, you know. But it's even like that, like like uh, um, like Cambridge, like being from that spot, not even being from Boston, like it's something that had to be solidified. Like my man Beast, right there, he just came out after twelve years. But Cambridge got a table in every in every you know what I mean, every prison. Yeah, no, that's just one because thing. we had to earn it. But it's the same shit you got to do in, in the rap game. I, and I've just strictly decided to like a lot of people would would call me like a Boston artist, but that's not what I want to go with because that doesn't represent the actual scene of Massachusetts. I want to be known as a Massachusetts artist. That's even bigger than Cambridge. I want people to think about the Massachusetts rap scene. Mm. That's mm. my new shit because the Boston rap scene, that's not an honest reflection of what's going on. So why don't the next project be called Massachusetts? That's hot. Or Maybe. something in yeah, the yeah, realm some, of that. Something in that know? vein. In that realm of yeah. But listen... Um, New project coming out. Yes, sir. Third week in October. Yeah. Um, like I said, it should align around the same time. If not, make sure you go pick that up, cop it, uh, stream it. Yeah. You know, and, and really listen, for for those who are watching or listening, um, I always say this like like I said in the beginning, but I want you to learn more about an artist that you don't know. And if you do know him, hopefully you learn something more today. Um, I think it's just important to really go over the journey, you know, right. of of of, of you know, people, because people see people, they hear some, you know, oh, he nice with it. You know, that's the first thing people are going to say, like, oh, he, he's, he's got oh, bars he or he's nice, yeah. but they really don't know the artist, right? They don't mm -hmm. know the pain he, he's gone through or this or situations or family or where they come from. And I think that's important. I'm glad that, you know, we were able to do this. Even though you've been at it for a while, you still have, you have a young journey. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a marathon. Oh, you know what I mean? It's not a marathon. sprint. Fact. So, you know, I want people to go out. You and, got to interview Nipsey before? Nah. Nah, I wish I did, but nah. We were supposed to actually, me and Combat were supposed to go sit with him, but it didn't happen. And the crazy thing is I'm close to Steve Abel, who managed him. Uh, uh, I know Big U, uh, you know, who, who right. man, they both managed him at one point in time. Right. Um, and, you know, I got those type of relationships where it's like, you know, but it just didn't happen. It just yeah, didn't yeah, happen, yeah. man. But I would have loved to. Uh, you know, it's crazy, though, when you think about it. I was just telling a couple of people this, but, you know, when you sit down with people who passed away and so many people now you know so many people i think about all the shit that i did with prodigy and he's gone like it's weird yeah. like, even my man isaiah like talk about like, in the smoke room smoking with him and Facts. you know it's like here here today gone tomorrow but you know um lastly i will say this we spoke about the upbringing the cambridge the massachusetts the now you're independent yeah, independent. Have you worked? I'm with So Raspy, but we don't we don't have a, a major deal right okay. now. Now, is that something that you want? It got to just be a big bag and a lot of creative freedom, or because just, I don't give a fuck. All I need is playlists, or you just me. do, or you, or you just do it on your own. Yeah, facts. You know, um, which is becoming more of uh, you know, 
more and more as a way, as long as you align yourself with certain. Yeah, you know? I just need playlisting and a few looks because I'm a star. Yeah. So, but it sometimes it takes their little PR joints to put you in those places to make the world understand it. But other than that, I could do it by myself. I've been doing it by myself. I got the resources. You know what I mean? So. Jordan, you got a team behind yeah, you, and uh, you know that's a blessing. But listen, internet, make sure you go check out October twenty third, Blanco Tres, and 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 also dig in the catalog. Yeah, like, there's yeah, a couple, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 on my, go on all my DSPs. I got a project called Sped, um, Blanco One, Blanco Two. Project with Static Selector, Saints and Sinners, a lot of high level rap, a lot of pain music. Should it make you shed a tear? Should it make you celebrate? Got a whole catalog. Shouts to everybody that uh, been in or is in special ed. Yeah. Don't be ashamed. They in special ed on Zoom now. Go, go be great. Special ed they and Zoom, Zoom must be crazy. Special ed. Spe- yeah, special ed and Zoom must be crazy. You know? <laughs> that shit is nuts. Antoinette, Millie's. Premier Pete. Peace. Oh, yeah. That was a great episode with Millie. I, listen, I really, look, okay? I love sitting down with people. And especially people who are on the rise, who are building stuff, startups, et cetera. W- w- listen, artists, athletes, I love sitting with people and having real talks. Millie's is a person that you're going to have a real talk with. Now, if you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show, big brand, small brand, small business, big business, whatever it is, email me, thepremiumpeachow at gmail.com. You want to talk about anything, talk about uh, scripting a podcast, producing a podcast, you need some advice on a podcast, you want to advertise on my podcast or other podcasts, email me, reach out, and let's get to working, okay? Now, I want to say this again. We're available on iTunes. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and leave a comment, okay? Go to YouTube. We're really putting out uh, full videos. Support that. Share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And most importantly, I just want to say, internets, thank you. Thank you for supporting Premium Pete. That's me, yeah. I, I, you know, what the fuck am I talking about myself like I'm a third party? Thank you for supporting me, okay? Thank you for the love. And I hope everyone who messes with me knows that I send it right back. So I'm sending it back to you and your family. And I want to let you know, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're failing, okay? You understand? Keep your head up. Remove the doubt. Up the belief, okay? Never, ever stop believing in you and and dream those dreams because I promise you, if you're discouraged, you're depressed, etc., you're not alone. But don't bottle that up inside. If you need to reach out to anybody, listen, if you don't got anybody, reach out to me. Okay? Subscribe to the Premium Peach. If you already subscribed, salutes. Rate. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And I'll see you on the next episode. Internets, peace and blessings. We out. Cheers.